Hey guys, welcome back to the show and thank you so much for tuning in. Today we are going to be talking about what I find an especially distressing topic and that is the issue of trans children. The other day on social media I saw a clip that was making the rounds that honestly made my blood boil. I'm someone who sees outrageous news pretty much 24-7 because of my job, but even, even so, this reached new depths of depravity. Good morning. Today we choose to recognize, honor, love, and celebrate anyone here who would claim their identity publicly as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, or questioning, intersex, pansexual, asexual, or any category that I've left out. So for those of you who are listening on one of the audio-only platforms, and just a reminder, we are available on Google Play, iTunes, and Spotify. What we just saw there was a clip that took place in, it looks like, almost a church setting. And for some reason, the pastor, preacher, whatever, head priestess there was wanting to know who in the audience or congregation was LGBTQQ plus LMNOP which is when a mother stands up and drags her very young child to the stage and hands him the mic. Now, we're going to be talking about that little boy soon enough, but what I want to note here is that a lot of people used to make fun of conservatives and the right for saying that, you know, the cult of social justice is becoming a religion. And, I mean, it's footage like this, which I think just goes to show that we are there. It is officially a religion with a fully established set of guidelines, do's and don'ts, and initiation processes. Instead of original sin, we have white guilt, and instead of baptism, we have weird gender declarations, as we are about to see. I'm all really sorry. You're a little shy. Do you want to tell everyone if you're a boy or a girl? I just want to tell them that I'm a girl. Okay, you can tell them that. <laughs> Phoenix would like you to know that she's a girl and she prefers she and her pronouns. May you be well, safe, and whole. We honor you exactly as you are. Now, I'm not in a cult. So I can't be 100% sure of what they look like. But if you ask me, I'm pretty sure it resembles like exactly that. So when I first saw that clip, I was, as I'm sure a lot of you are, disturbed, disgusted, but also somewhat curious. Curious as to what possible hell film could have spawned a scene like that. Well, it's not from an episode of The Twilight Zone, unfortunately. No, it was taken from the movie Transhood, a documentary that was recently released to HBO. The film follows four different self-described trans kids and their families over the course of five years. And the kids' ages at the beginning of the film range from 4, 7, 12, to 15. Honestly, I did not think that HBO could disappoint me any more so than they did when they released the final season of Game of Thrones. Yet here we are, and they have outdone themselves. Even if you are someone who supports an adult's right to live their lives however they choose and you support the LGBT community, if you are a sane person at all, I still think you will find issues with the subject matter that's presented in this film. It is just that disturbing. I have some clips that we need to go through, but first, I want to say a big thank you to our sponsor, Candid, because, because you know... 
stuff like this isn't getting monetized. Thanks to Candid, straightening your teeth is easier and more comfortable than ever. Candid Clear Aligners are comfortable, removable, and practically invisible, unlike wire braces. So you can transform your smile without anybody noticing. Plus, your treatment is prescribed and monitored remotely by a licensed orthodontist who is an expert in tooth movement. Even your initial quote visit where you take your impressions can be done from the comfort of your own home, which is amazing, especially with all of this crazy pandemic stuff going on. We've actually had candid checkups done while at hotels because of the remote monitoring system they have in place, meaning you can actually move on to the next step of your treatment plan even if you're on the road. The average candid treatment is just six months and you'll start seeing results way before then and it costs thousands less than braces. So start straightening your teeth today. Right now, all of my listeners can save $75 on Candid's starter kit. Go to candidco.com slash Lauren and use the code Lauren. That's candidco.com slash Lauren with the code Lauren. Take advantage of this limited time offer to save $75 off your starter kit. Again, that is candidco.com slash Lauren with the code Lauren so they know that our show is the one that sent you. Now, what I'm about to show you is probably one of the most disturbing clips from this film, which is saying something because it's all pretty disturbing. But this is footage of 12-year-old Jay, who is one of the film's participants, getting her first shot of hormone blockers. Again, at the age of 12. Today's special day because I'm starting blockers. They, like, stop female hormone things. So how sure are you that you want to do this? Positive. Doing this for myself. This is... Yeah. This is what's gonna help you, okay? Three, two, one. Ah, where's Breathe, breathe. Breathe, breathe, breathe. Where's parts done? If you're young enough that you cry when you get a shot, I'd say you're probably too young to decide what gender you are and to start taking hormone blockers. The complete and utter degeneracy of injecting a 12-year-old with hormone blockers is honestly beyond words and I'm at a point now and seeing that footage really just sealed the deal where I don't think I can still defend western cultures and countries as the good guys anymore because this is not the kind of stuff that the good guys do the good guys don't inject children with hormone blockers i know some of you watching this might say well we don't all support this yeah but even those of us who don't support it we're still sitting by and letting it happen aren't we so i mean really are we any better? It is the responsibility of adults to protect children. And not only has this girl's mother completely let her down, but so has the rest of society by just sitting back and allowing this to happen. And I, I know some of you who are a lot more tolerant of this business than I am might say, well, I'm sure that mother is just doing what she thinks is in her child's best interest. But honestly, I, I am past the point where I think that is any type of acceptable excuse. I mean, the most terrible things in history have been done for the right reasons, but that didn't justify them. And a parent thinking they're helping their kid as they sit back and watch them be injected with hormone blockers doesn't make it okay. And the people who support this type of thing, their argument is that, oh, don't worry about it. They're just hormone blockers. If she stops taking them when she's older, then she'll just go through puberty then. No harm, no foul. Stop freaking out about it. And it's like, look, 
Hippies, you can't tell me that going on hormone blockers has no long-term side effects for children while simultaneously trying to tell me that I can't eat GMOs because we don't know enough about them. Like, do you not see the amount of cognitive dissonance that goes into that type of thinking? And yes, I'm like 100% sure that these people also don't eat GMOs. When I was 12 years old, I remember it was a big debate between my friends and some of their parents over whether they could get their ears pierced. Now, it seems like the cool thing for little girls is to inject themselves with hormone blockers. And look, I want to be really clear that with none of this am I blaming the kids themselves for what I think is just horrible decision making, okay? They're kids, what are they supposed to know? I mean, this kid is literally 12 and she's not even the youngest person in this documentary. I really do blame the parents in this situation, okay? Either for trying to push their ideological beliefs onto their children or for being so dense that they actually think their little girl wanting to wear boy clothes makes her trans. Avery, how early did you know that you were a girl? When I was about four. And you're being homeschooled right now. Yeah. Was there an incident that occurred or what happened? Like at school, I just started dressing like a girl and everyone just didn't like it. She was um, starting to assert herself a little bit more and started with pink sparkly shoes and then it would progress to girl clothing. The kids started saying, you know, come, come on, when are you going to stop this? When are you just going to start acting like a boy again? Dr. Deborah So has talked about this a lot and if you're not familiar with her work, I highly recommend you check her out. It is just such insightful stuff. But with this whole trend we have nowadays of calling any little girl who likes to play with boys clothes and dress up as a boy a trans boy or calling any little boy who likes to wear dresses and play with princess dolls a trans girl, ironically enough, we are being, as a culture, extremely heteronormative. There is more to being a girl than just wearing pink dresses and sparkly shoes, and there is more to being a boy than liking to play with dinosaurs and going skateboarding. As the conservative in this situation, I just find it very strange how it's up to me now to remind progressives that it's all right if your little boy wants to wear pink. It doesn't automatically make him a girl. Saying that it does doesn't break down gender norms. It actually just enforces them and it pigeonholes your child's behavior into boxes of what is and what is not acceptable for their gender. Stop trying to erase tomboys and effeminate men. Of course, we should let kids play with whatever toys they want and I don't see the harm in dress up. In fact, as an adult, I still kind of like dress up, but that doesn't mean you have to project your ideology and your political beliefs onto your child's actions, which will just end up with them being on hormone blockers. But anyway, getting back to the film, the little boy that you just saw in the clip being interviewed for a radio station, his name is actually Avery and he is seven years old. And as you could probably see, his mother is very, very happy to promote her son's trendy gender identity. And actually, before I had ever seen this film, I was already familiar with Avery because he was, as some of you may have seen, on the cover of Time magazine once. I'm someone who, at the best of times, is very wary of putting children, especially young children, into the public spotlight because of all of the scrutiny and pressure that it brings. But Avery's mother, on the other hand, seems to have no such reservations about it. So, you're going to be able to have your own children's book. I don't get this. 
benefits for transgender awareness. You're gonna be the author and you get to look at the pictures and decide which ones you like best. And so basically we you're like. letting me decide. decide? Mm -hmm. And hopefully next week we're gonna get some for you to look at. Pretty cool. Then they want to maybe have you do a book tour to promote it. So you have to practice autographing your name. Building an entire brand around your seven-year-old's gender identity just feels extremely greasy and exploitative to me. Especially since, as studies show, if a child does experience gender dysphoria when they're younger, most of them do actually grow out of it. The vast majority of them end up being just cis adults. But if Avery, at just seven years old, has so much writing on being trans, I mean, book tours, public appearances, and I'm sure a lot of money for his family. If he ever does someday choose to once again identify as a boy, do you really think he's going to feel comfortable letting people know about it and potentially at the same time letting down his family? Before on this show, we have talked about rapid onset gender dysphoria or ROGD, and that's pretty much when a child or teen experiences gender dysphoria as a social contagion. Seeing the amount of attention and just positive reinforcement that Avery and really his entire family have gotten since he came out as trans, it's not hard to understand why for a child or a teen or heck even an adult, identifying as trans could be somewhat of a way of forging an identity and something that makes you special and worthy of extra attention and adulation. We were asked to do one story in the newspaper where we were completely anonymous and only used Avery's initials. And after that, I was asked to give a speech. Once that went viral, Avery decided that she could tell her story better than I could and asked if we could make a video of her telling her own story. Hi, I'm Avery and welcome to Avery Champ! From there, a lot of people started writing stories about her. She was very proud to be transgender. Kids saying they're trans for attention might seem less ridiculous if the media and progressives weren't giving them so much attention for saying they're trans. In my opinion though, the most interesting story is that of Little Phoenix, the four-year-old boy who appeared in that viral clip. At the beginning of the film, so I guess five years ago, Phoenix's situation did not look good. When he plays pretend, he's always a girl. He's a queen, he's a princess, he's a mom, he's a sister. But then still, he'll correct people, he says, I'm a boy. We say gender expansive, non-binary, gender non-conforming, uh, under the trans umbrella, gender awesome, girl boy, rainbow boy. We don't really have a good term. <laughs> we don't use his or hers so much just because it's kind of up in the air right now. Phoenix's parents, specifically his mother, seemed way too eager to label their son's dress-up habits as him being trans, even though he would repeatedly assert that he was a boy. So if even this four-year-old could understand that putting on dresses didn't mean he was a girl, it's strange that for some reason, his mother couldn't. But by the end of the film, it seems like both Phoenix's mother and Phoenix himself are in a very different place. Every day, first thing I do when I wake up is uh, go to Facebook memories and delete any mention of him being a girl and change pronouns back to he if it shows up. There's this whole little precious time in his childhood that is like a dark secret. 
which in retrospect, I can't believe that happened, was a huge mistake. Children are not transgender. He's a boy. This honestly was one of the most surprising points in the film for me. Not because I didn't think that kids who once identified as trans would not always identify as trans. I knew that was the case, but I am surprised that the filmmakers bothered showing it, especially since it's pretty clear that throughout the film, their bias is toward reaffirming the gender identity of these trans kids. Phoenix seems very happy now embracing the gender norms that come with being a boy, just like he used to seem very happy dressing up like a girl. And again, I don't have any problem with little boys dressing up however they want, it's just dress up. But like Phoenix's mother, I do believe that trying to construct this whole new trans identity around your child's dress up habits is a mistake. That's pretty much all I have to say for now though, and even though this film and this whole subject is very, very disturbing, I did try to end things on a bit of a positive note there. Did did you notice? But anyway, as always, I would love to hear what you all think. Have you seen the movie Transhood? And just in general, what is your opinion on the issue of children transitioning, both socially and in terms of things like hormone blockers? Let me know. But that's it for now. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I'll see you next time.